Hi everyone, Scott here. Just a quick disclaimer, you're hearing this also after Victory Road, but it was recorded beforehand, so we do talk about some of the matches that are set up for Victory Road, but we try not to get into too much detail about what we think is going to happen, so we will be discussing that in a later episode. Also, when we talk about Knockouts Knockdown, we didn't get into much detail about it as we probably should have, but we were kind of short on time, so I wanted to get through a few like Impact News-related bits. So we will talk about that in more detail like that it deserves another uh, time. Also, we do talk about Tommy Dreamer's Dark Side of the Ring comments, and this was before the official announcement about Tommy Dreamer's suspension. So at this point in time, we don't know that any action is going to be taken by Impact Wrestling, but we do address uh, the controversy surrounding Tommy Dreamer. With all that out of the way, we hope you enjoy this episode. I think it's one of the more concise Impact discussions me and Paul have had, maybe ever, if not uh, in a long time. But we'll be back shortly before Burn for Glory to talk about Victory Road, Knockout is Not Down, and get some predictions for Burn for Glory itself. Otherwise, enjoy the episode. Hello everybody and welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Hello. Scott McLeod here joining as always my good friend and co-host Paul Brown. Yeah. And we're back to discuss one of our favourite places in the world of wrestling, the main place in terms of the modern world of wrestling that we enjoy talking about for those who are just listening to this, just talk about Impact for the first time. This is our kind of mini, one of our mini side series called uh, Making an Impact. Can't remember what episode because for a while we were taking large gaps between recording, but whenever we came back, it was always seemingly an impact one we did. We're on our next one. When Scott goes back to edit this one, mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll find out what the number of the last one was, and then we'll get it to it on yeah, the Yeah, well, one. if you've clicked on this on whatever podcasting device or platform you've chosen uh, to listen to it on, then you probably already know. I'm sure we must be either in double digits by now or at least approaching it very soon. Yeah, right, like, roundabouts, I'd say. Roundabouts, because we started... As a monthly kind of thing with, you know, run about, like, we're recording this before Victory Road, but you'll be hearing it after Victory Road, so we're not going to talk about Victory Road yeah. in too much detail, especially what we think to happen, because you'll instantly be able to say, aha, well, I've already watched it and you're wrong, as I'm sure you probably enjoy doing. That's what the internet's for. But we were, one of the first, we started this shortly before Victory Road last year, where it was Emergence last year, that last year we talked about it, it was, a, it was just an episode, two episodes of Impact, but... Now we're talking about emergence as we will on the show as an Impact Plus special. Mm-hmm. But for those unfamiliar, when we talk about wrestling nowadays, uh, we kind of shift it to mainly talking about Impact or classic stuff because we tried to you know keep current, talk about modern WWE and uh, that had varying levels of result. And it just yeah. got to the point where like, we can't be our thing. Or if we want to talk about it, we'll talk about it otherwise. Well, I have something that I thought was a great giggle to me. Do tell. <laughs> Apparently, Becky Lynch saying she wants to be as big as a rock was 
Uh-huh. Becky Lynch is an asshole. I know. It's not, it's how, not is she, how is she going to be as big as The Rock? I don't know. Don't tell. Yeah. I think most people who get interested in want to be as big as somebody like The Rock. Yeah, but no one's going to be as big as The Rock. Not even The Rock is as big as The Rock was back then. I mean, he's bigger than physically. Physically, yes. But he is, he is nowhere near got the, the pop that he once had. Mm-hmm. He's just a famous man in Hollywood mm-hmm. who once was a wrestler. Yes. He's been, he's been an actor longer than he was a wrestler. I believe so, yes. At least full-time wrestler, that is. Yeah, yeah. He was a wrestler from 96... On a at least two thousand two is then he's full term because when he comes back from me in nineteen as Hollywood Rock, he's then in and out for a wee while. Goes yeah, away for ages. Yeah. Twenty eleven to twenty thirteen, he's in and out again. So from ninety six to two, that was a run of how many years now? Oh, that eight. Uh, six. Six years. Six, six, a full... six as a full time eight in total because his last proper match before he went to Hollywood, uh, pre twenty eleven was would be in two thousand four WrestleMania twenty. Yeah. So eight years. His original run, but the last two years were very sparing. It really is quite insane when you think of just how popular he was, and he was only there six years. Well, there's a story that not a lot of people talk about as often. I've heard it in a few places, and I've been on a podcast about the Rock for SSR, where we talked about it briefly, but in late 2004, start 2005, there was talk that the Rock was going to come back for me at 21. He may have been like, Undertaker was maybe a guy who comes back for like a big show like a WrestleMania. Yeah. But then his contract ran out and just nobody phoned him up to renew it. Because mm. he technically was a, on a full time contract when he was going away making movies in 0304. Yeah. And then it just ran out and, you know, it's all rumour and innuendo, but rumour was that WWE was kind of annoyed that he was leaving. He'd use them to get big and left. And WWE were hoping that maybe he wouldn't get as big and then he'd come crawling back. And then by the time he comes back, and 2011, he's about to start appearing in Fast Furious and all these other big... And let's be honest, he's more popular than the fucking WWE is now. It's a case of he... They need him more than he needs them. Yeah. But I think he mainly goes back because he, he still he still like loves wrestling. Also, he's from a wrestling family. So. I'll be so happy when most other decent wrestlers realise that they need <laughs> them more... The wrestling needs them more than they need the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Well, the dub, anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll get into Impact in a minute because there is quite a bit to, to talk about. We're going to be talking about Homecoming, uh, Emergence, and some big developments with uh, the Impact World Championship mm-hmm. and, and among other things. But, Paul, how are you since our, our last episode? I'm spiffy, Scott. <laughs> I'm, I'm phenomenally good. Hmm. I am. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a vodka and Sprite with some ice. Nice. You could have fooled me. It's very clear. Could have been. You could have told me it was water. I would have believed you. But no, you wouldn't have. <laughs> okay, okay, I would have given you the reason of it. Reasonable doubt. Benefit of the doubt. Couldn't get the fucking word out. You're you're a better man than I because I wouldn't give myself a benefit of a doubt. Yeah, no. When I see it, when I think about it for more than thirty seconds, I think Paul drinking water, just water. Ha! <laughs> How foolish am I? That's that's me. I'm more trusting than you are. Clearly. Yes, you trust me more than I trust myself. I'm a bit too trusting as we discussed. Vodka, ho! Oh. I'm a bit too trusting uh, as we discussed. Well, we're recording this actually at your mother's house because you have to watch the dog for a little while. I have, I have to watch the doggy. I I appreciate being at my mother's home because her home is nice and it is. It is lovely. She has a lovely home and she has a working freezer, which I don't, which is why I have ice in my drink for the first time in a while. Hmm. Right. My my freezer is very much. 
overly frozen, if you will. <laughs> it, it is like an Arctic wasteland, so nothing works in it anymore. Ah. I try. I tried a couple of months back to defrost it. Mm-hmm. I had it off for two or three days, and still no ice to shift. Hmm. Fair enough. It it is it is an unknown land to me now. <laughs> Well, you have, have you ever seen that? Uh, oh, what the hell is that program called? Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Black Mirror. That Black Mirror when those like couple open their freezer, and there's a whole fucking universe in the thing. I think it's Black Mirror anyway. Well, I don't think I've gotten to that episode of Black Mirror. If that is indeed Black Mirror. Yeah, great episode. I huh. love it. Anyway, like I, I've been in this. I've been here before. It's not far from where you live, where we usually record. Yeah, and it's closer to the bus stop for you when you go home too. It is, yeah, that's convenient. But like, I haven't been here often enough to memorize the. Uh, I should have asked you before what the house number was because I came in, I stood outside for a little minute trying to guess which house it was. I, I luckily on the first attempt, I, I rang the bell of the right house. How close were you to sending me a message and going, "Where are you? Look out of the window." I got. I tried to phone you, but it went straight to the voicemail. Oh, you fucking treacherous cunt phone! <laughs> yeah, it's his phone he's talking to. Uh, yeah, so, I'm not calling you a treacherous cunt, yes, Scott, or audience. I, I would not be treacherous to you in any sense. I know, I know. But like, so like, I took a guess on the right house. Thankfully, I rang the bell, and you kind of looked through a little bit of the door, and I didn't see who was behind the door, I just barely seen somebody moving a bit of a curtain, and then the door opens. Yeah, I'm quick like a cat. So you, I didn't you don't see, see me. So I didn't see you, so I just wandered in, like, and I, even then, I thought, oh, the door's opened. So I was ni- only 90% sure that it was the right place, because if I had opened the door and looked behind me and it wasn't you, I'd be quite panicked as to what to do next. <laughs> I kind of, like, the dog barked after I came in. I was hoping if I rang the bell, the dog would bark immediately, and I would instantly give me the idea, like, oh, no, maybe it is. No, he barked once you came in and made fucking noise. Like, I, I thought if, the dog, if a dog barks when I ring the bell, this will be the house because I was operating on the idea that maybe this was the only house out of the row of houses at this particular part of the street that has a dog. It's actually not. About three or four of them do. Yeah, no, but I don't know. I didn't know that, so I thought, like, well, even, if a dog bar- even if a dog barked when I rang the bell, I still wouldn't have been sure you know that it was the right house. Is. Yeah, I know it now. I'm in the fucking house now. Well, I'm talking to you. Are you? Hello. <laughs> How are you? Could be. I often think I think you're beginning to my imagination. <laughs> uh, Paul, let me see a couple of things. I had my birthday... No, I'm wearing a kick-ass Joker t-shirt, by the Fuck. way. I didn't get you a gift yet. Yet. Damn. I'm sure you will. I mean, I'll... Yeah. I, I'm fine to wait. I don't... It's a make-your-own-paper aeroplane. I do not want your make-your-own-paper aeroplane, which is clearly used for your cigarettes. Do you know how to make a paper aeroplane? Yeah, but not with that. <laughs> I'll make you one. A teeny one, which is super cool, whilst you tell your tale. I don't have much of a tale to tell, I... I was just going to talk about my kick-ass Joker t-shirt, which you can... Yeah, it is a kick-ass Joker t-shirt. It, it, there's an amazing amount of detail on this, both on the front and the back, which is, which I appreciate. Uh, it's quite haunting, maybe, for some people, but I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I think it's a very soothing t-shirt. <laughs> of course you would. You, you you described the image of this Joker with what looks like blood, maybe, around his mouth. That, that he said, you said oh, you, he's smiley. Yeah, but it looks a bit... Right, oh, he's, a, he's got a bloody face, yes. yes you see? And uh, you said it, it maybe be a depiction of what goes on inside your mind, which is haunting to think about. <laughs> what, the inside of my mind? That it maybe looks like this? Yes. I said maybe. Maybe. But, you know, I wouldn't 
when put it out past it. <laughs> but also, uh, I found out some information via my brother yesterday, and I did a quick Google search to, to see... What was that? Uh, ...that we were recording not too long after our most recent episode went up, uh, the Fraser episode yeah. that we recently did. Uh, and I believe... Well, I said this happened yesterday, so it means... The, and the show went up yesterday, so... Yesterday at time we're recording on the 17th of September. Yeah, huh? The, the day before was the 16th of September. That's when the show was officially scheduled to go up. And now it's exactly 28 years from the first episode of Frasier going up. Hey! Yeah, the first episode of Frasier debuted 16th of September 1993. Exactly 28 years ago yesterday at time of recording. Do you, do you know also on this day in 1991, mm-hmm. Bottom premiered? Huh. There you go. Yeah. What a day for TV. It's so twenty years my brother was born in May of ninety three, so my brother is only a few months older than Fraser. There is a, a weird thing to think about. <sighs> that makes me sad. I'm even older than your older brother. Well he's not that much older, there's only a, a three years between us. Ah. Yeah. That's what that makes it just as bad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm older. It's not our fault. Blame, blame my mum and dad if you want to blame anybody. But if you I, say anything bad about them, I will punch you. I blame everyone. Except yourself. Yeah, I never blame myself. Of course you don't. I'm innocent. <laughs> oh, we both know that's not the case. We both do know that's the case. I'm an innocent. We, you are not innocent, Paul. I am. Of anything. You are not innocent. There you go. I do not want your tiny... See, plate. you can make a paper airplane out of a cigarette paper. I never said you couldn't. I said I couldn't make a no. paper airplane. The question you. is, can we fly it? I do, yeah. Like, Yay! That, I would not call that flying. People who couldn't see that, that was not flying. It was falling with little style. Very little style. No. Paul, it didn't work the first time you did. <laughs> it's not going to work the next couple of times. Okay, it's a very nice little decoration. Part of me was hoping that you'd go through it and it would land in your drinking sink. I would still drink my drink. I know you would still drink the drink, but I think it would be funny if the plane sank. Yo. There you go. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. there. I flew it. Yeah. I, made, I made you an aeroplane. It's not my official birthday present, is it? No. <laughs> Thank fuck. <laughs> yes, have a cigarette paper for your birthday. Okay. Hmm. I can really imagine what Seb's Christmases are like. Hey, <laughs> have a cigarette. You I don't want things. a cigarette. Fuck off. But I don't think there's much else to do. I, I thought the Fraser thing was interesting. Back in the fact that we mismanaged to ha- having to upload an episode of our Fraser reviews on that day yeah, without that realizing that if we knew it, then we would have made a bigger deal out of it. But we didn't know. Yeah. I knew it had to be September sometime, but you know, I didn't think too much about it. We still rock though, and Frasier is the best. It is the best. No, it's also the best. Impact Wrestling. Yeah. There you go. How's that the way you bring it back around, eh? I do try sometimes. Well done. Yeah, I, 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 I doth my hat to you. Ah! <laughs> He's got himself a little paper hat that he is. I'm a master of the origami arts. You know? <laughs> yes, you've missed your true calling, haven't you? I really have. You have many true callings that you've clearly missed out on. Yes, I can make paper aeroplanes out of most things. I am a genius. And there was that, there was movie reviewing last week when you described some film as Disney saccharine shite. I describe a lot of films as well. You know, it's because I said I was going to the cinema last week to see my brother and I did. Oh yeah, that horse pish. 
Aye. Well, I didn't see the horse pit, but you were talking about horse pit. I was talking about the new Marvel film I went to see. What was the new Marvel film? It's called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh, it's a martial yeah, arts kind of yeah, film. It's really cool. cool. The action scenes are yeah, really kick-ass. I've heard, I've heard good things about that film. Yeah, it's kick-ass. Oh, but like, me and my brother were joking because we went to that new cinema in the Sydney Nook Centre. We'll get back to Impact Wrestling. Yeah, yeah. But in the Sydney Nook Centre in, in Glasgow, uh, people listening to Glasgow will know about that, but like, they've put it in And I'm, thinking, I'm glad it's finally open because, you know, probably... Probably because of the pandemic, but there have been like big boards around it saying coming soon for fucking Ugh. ages. I hate that kind of thing. Yeah. Like there's stuff like that all over Glasgow with things coming soon, stuff that's being developed. And when it eventually opens, you're like, Jesus, it's actually here. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it has arrived. No, no. But there's. So we went in and you go on the second floor of the thing and there's another escalator that takes you up into the cinema. Lovely cinema. Got the climbing seats as well. Lovely. Nice. Uh, uh, although when how, is your, how is your leg space between seats? Oh, there's leg space. There's a good like. Well, that's well, meaning in, in front of you, you know. Yeah, there's decent amount of space. Yeah, there's a, yeah. a slightly limited than some other cinemas, which means you don't get as many people in, but at least people have more space. And also, you got a wee mini table you can swing around you once you've reclaimed your seat there. That's super cool. <laughs> that is super cool. That is super cool. Let's do that. Odeon Docks uh, near the key. That they did a similar thing, and then so I'm between the two cinemas because I can't go back to. I'm a snob now for cinema seats because nah. I've been spoiled with their clean seats. Because especially when you go there for like 20 minutes of the adverts, then say two hours of a film, mm. you, you try and reclaim yourself back every time. Like now, when when Malachi Black now formerly Alice Black used to do his rise up. I yeah, pretend yeah. I'm doing when I put my seat back up. This, and I go through. I'm like, I need to regain the feeling in my legs again. <laughs> but the point is, we came out right, and because they've been doing up, there's now a big fucking what seemed like a skylight, a big clear like roof out on the top level of the cinema center. Yeah. So you're coming out of the of the cinema with a kind of dim light light, and you come into a shade. But and then you come out because of the clear, roof, and it was quite a bright day. The sun is just blaring in on you <laughs> so you walk out your eyes haven't probably adjusted for being in the dark for two hours and then just sigh Are you, do you feel a little vampire? I was going to say my brother said at the time like is this to weed out any vampires I may have snuck into the cinema <laughs> basically it was like you're running to get back into the shade because your eyes are just burning I know I know Glaswegian vampires but sake man <laughs> Fucking son! As soon as you come up, why is why has there never been a, a Glaswegian vampire in any form of media? That would be cool. If we had the energy, we would write something about that. Yeah, we would. See, so that would be a Glaswegian vampire. Like, sick man, fucking son. Sasquatch, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Although I don't know how the vampire got got through to get into the cinema in the first place. But you know, that's the logistics of this. Hiding under his poly bag. His poly bag, he used a poly bag to get. Cheating cheerful. What was I going to I don't know the point was. I think it was just why I talk about how nice the cinema yeah, was. Yeah, I think you were, you were talking about the fantastically nice reclining seats and yeah. the little tables. Yeah, I think, the, I think the point that was I wanted to talk about nearly getting burned to, by, the, by the light coming in. By being a Glaswegian uh, vampire. Uh, and the thing was mobbed as well because I, I burnt my birthday having to fall on fucking transmit so fucking getting past oh, all sorts no. of people trying to get to transmit. Was, was the film itself really good? Logan? The film itself was yeah. good, yeah. That's cool because mm-hmm. that's I mean comfort is one thing, but comfort in a good movie is. Yeah, I was yeah. I, I was just happy to be at the cinema again. As I said, oh, it's been yeah. a year and a half since I've been. So many people I've heard so many people talk about like getting back to some kind of normality in one way or another. You know what I mean? Like yeah. going to movies or going to transmit. Yeah, or, yeah, sure. just. Doing things, you know. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of people like 
you realise just how much you took it for granted before the pandemic, and then you're like, can't do nothing, and now you're like, yes, I could do shit again. Well, I got a couple of films in October when I okay, see someone get try and go. I mean, I'm trying to get the thing is, me you now is trying to get, make sure I can get somebody to go with at least. Because yeah. I've never been actually to the cinema on my own, and because I don't know how I'd cope, uh, cope with that idea. Because I know the cinema, even if you're going with somebody, it's not ideal for conversation. Like at least when the film starts, if you want to be, you know, considerate to your other cinema goes. Don't worry, Scott. If you need a if you need a friend to go to the cinema with you, and I'm not paying, <laughs> that's fine. So basically, you'll go as long as I, it's I or somebody else pays for so you. I'll, I'll pay as long as it's a good movie. <laughs> Well, that's the thing I'll get back to, but there's a couple of films coming out, like there's that second Venom film with Woody Harrelson as the bad guy, Carnage. Woody Harrelson as a bad guy, I'm there, man. Oh, and I, yeah. and I want to go, because Carnage is one of my, I think is one of the most underrated and cool, baddest and like craziest Marvel characters. He's, Woody Harrelson, the guy behind the Carnage is basically the symbiote, the guy who gets symbiote that he's playing called Cletus Cassidy as a serial killer. Which Woody is a perfect. Har- Woody Harrelson is playing a guy called Cletus. Who's a serial killer who then gets a symbiote, which makes him even more murderous and dangerous. Fucking give that man the Oscar right now, man. I, I haven't even seen it, but Woody Harrelson playing a guy called Cletus. Mm-hmm. Oscar worthy right there, man. <laughs> so I want to see that. And there's a film coming out called uh, like Many Saints of New York, which is maybe a kind of a, pre- a prequel to The Sopranos. Yes, that's <laughs> I want to see that, too. Do you know what James Gandolfini's son? Is it? That's playing mm-hmm. the young him in the movie? Yeah. yeah. Which uh, I thought was really I'm quite pre- fitting. I'm pretty sure there's some like the creators of the Sopranos are involved in it, either the writing or the directing. They're involved in it in some way, so you know it will be good yeah. for that regard. But no, James Gandolfini's son is playing young him. Well, that makes sense. Doesn't yeah. It? Mm-hmm. I was, like I say, I think it's very fitting and a great tribute to the man <laughs> himself as well, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, but like well, the thing with cinemas is that I realised at a point I seen some amount of shite at the cinemas when I was younger. <laughs> Stuff I didn't realise was that shite at the time. And then when I think about it, basically I think Jesus, mum and I got had to take me a some amount of shite, and they're probably never gonna let me forget that. And oh, if I give me some examples, oh, uh, I can't even think. I blocked maybe some of them. Out. I I seen Fifth Element at the cinema when it came out. Hmm. I seen Men in Black when it came out. Here, here's a question for you. I've only, I think I've only seen one of the men black films in the cinema and I think it was the third one. The others I saw on like video or whatever. Uh, but can you remember what the first thing you saw in the cinema was? Because I can't. I know some people can. I have two films that I think are the earliest examples of me going to see something but I don't think they were the first thing I saw. I think I'm much in the same vein as you. I, I, for the life of me I can't remember the first thing I've, I've you know what, wait, I'm in that position where I don't know if this was the first thing I went to see. Mm-hmm. It might have been. But I went to a, a Butlins holiday park with my family when I was mm. a little kid, right? Just a little kid. And uh, I went to see the rescuers down under. <laughs> and I let a little, you know, like, Butlins cinema. Yeah. That was there, but I seen the rescuers down under. Mm-hmm. I remember the two little mice flying on the big albatross like a plane. It was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. I remember also I had a Bart Simpson balloon that blew away and some guy chased after and got back for me and I was like, yeah, the thing's half deflated, but whatever, yeah, cool, I got my balloon back. <laughs> see, uh, the two earliest films I can remember going to see are the first Harry Potter movie, Philosopher's mm-hmm. uh, Stone, and Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. And I remember coming out of the cinema, I eventually got on DVD and video, so I remember more of it after watching that. Got it on video? I got it on video shortly after. And yes. I, had a, I even had a lunchbox with it on as well. 
Very I, was, I was really into that film at the time. Since since looking back on it, it's one of the worst ones. But uh, which one was that? Exactly. Well, it's the one. I remember as a kid, the one takeaway I took from the film that I remember before getting the video to watch it again was Yoda getting a lightsaber and flipping about. In it. Was that the one? Right. Was that the one that had that Seth Lord with the four fucking lightsabers? No, that was episode three. Yeah. But like, that's the one with the, the line that everybody takes a piss off about Ian Christian's going about how much he doesn't like sand. And uh, my mum and dad make sure to remind me that, that the scene where he's that, that shot in, like one or two scenes from that film was shot in somewhere in Italy, and they've been there. Yeah. They've actually been to where that was shot. Was that the one where Hayden Christensen turns into bad, you know? Well, he, well it's one of the films he... It's part of the prequels anyway. Yeah. It's I just, one. I just remember the one where, like, fucking... <laughs> where you and McGregor, you are the chosen one! <laughs> no, I have the high ground, Anakin! <laughs> but I remember that one where the, the Sith Lord had the four lightsabers. Yeah. And you and McGregor shoots him. No. And he goes up and he's like, so uncivilised. <laughs> but, like... I he was a great Obi Wan. He huh? was, eh? Oh, he's got a. You know, I heard he's got a new TV. There's an Obi Wan TV show with him in it. And he, he what he said in interviews is the uh, main thing I'm glad about is that so people can stop asking me if I'm coming back. <laughs> like, I am doing it, doing it, right? <laughs> Sick. <laughs> but so, I, I, so the thing is, I've started going to the cinema on a more infrequent basis. Like, I think I go one a few times a year. I go to the cinema. But now that means I go and go when I know it's going to be something that I'm going to actually like. No, I don't just go for the sake of going. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I've only ever been to one midnight screening, and that was Batman v Superman. It was so late at night. I was really like, I don't know if I like that or no. I'm just going to go <laughs> to my bed. <laughs> I've always, I've always liked the idea, you know, the, the Glasgow film theater thing. You know, it's at least occasionally show classic movies. Yeah, on. yeah. I'd, I've always fancied going to see something classic on a big cinema. But maybe I'd never get the chance to see again mm. on the big screen, like, you know, sometimes they do horror nights or something yeah. like that. That'd you, be cool. You know the GFT, also, they mentioned that in uh, Phil Game, the GFT. Yeah. I, I, I went, I've went in that a few times. Um, my grand actually, for a wee while, got a wee job working in there, so we got in we got in for a wee bit cheaper than other yeah. people. I only remember seeing one film in there, and it might have been Cats and Dogs. And yeah. <laughs> that's very young yeah, cool but uh, I went went back years later with Craig or our pal for college because yeah. they were doing a screening of that film The Room oh yeah, they, yeah and I went to see it because that film Disaster Arts about the making of The Room was coming out and I'd never seen a bad heard how bad it was mm. and so Craig got an extra ticket for it and I went with him so that was a late was night terrible aye but in a funny way no good so shit is funny yeah that kind of thing uh, so I'm not that kind of person, but I, like I said I go when I know it's going to be something I enjoy but like I remember the first time I probably realised that going to cinema you could go to cinema and see something that was shite <laughs> and it was not a nice experience and it was probably when I went to see the second Transformers film because <laughs> I liked the first one and then I was hyped for the second one and then watched them like don't know if that was good or no went to see it the second time came back I'm quite sure that was bad Got the DUD of it. Yeah, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, what I like, and I'm not going to mention the cinema in case they change the policy, but in the cinema that I like to go to on the very rare occasions, they're set up in their security. Mm-hmm. It's kind of shit. <laughs> you know? And I know from back when me and my friend were younger, we used to, well, we used to always go to the cinema, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this one time, 
Wait, wait, and we watched the film. I can't even remember what film it was. It was when Nutty Professor came out. But I remember because we went in to see our film and then went out of the other thing and went in to watch the end of Nutty Professor. <laughs> you know, just at the back where he's like fighting with himself to drink the potion or no drink the potion. So we saw that at the end. But I mean, that's it. I mean, you could basically go in there and watch a film and fucking sneak into another one and watch a fucking film start. You could spend your whole day watching fucking films in that cinema. If you wanted to, mm-hmm. because we just don't check and we don't care. Yeah. Uh, Buy a ticket for one, stay for five. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure though when they do that thing with the GFT and still game, that's not the GFT. They're outside because they're beating the GFT. And I'm pretty sure the cinema that they're at is the one in Byers Road, the National Lane called the Grovna. The Grovna. I've been in there before. You can buy, you can actually get alcohol and take it in with you in the group. They've got fucking couches at the back. I've never got to sit in the couches, but, you know. Do you know... It... One time I sat in the couches at the start, as the trailer going, we were told, oh, yes, you need to go sit in here because somebody's put this check back halfway through the film look behind me. You fucker sitting on the couches. Mm. I was in the middle row, so I couldn't. So we didn't, couldn't be ours actually getting up and going back because we didn't want to get people's way. No, I like the cinema, man. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I mean, I, I never usually have to worry about whether you can or cannot take booze into a cinema because if I'm of the mind, mm-hmm. I'll do it anyway. <laughs> a McDonald's cup is a handy thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Although I don't, I don't know many McDonald's that sell rum and coke. You ever taken food, not just like sweeties or anything like that, but you ever taken food from outside and a, a cinema No, I, I find it very crass and rude. I took a burger Personally. king into the Odeon one time. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't judge most to do it, but personally, I don't mm-hmm. do it because I hate... Nothing I hate more. And, well, there's many things I hate in the cinema. Yeah. Like, for example, people and their fucking children. I hate that. I hate <laughs> dickheads that play with a goddamn phone. Mm-hmm. I hate most people in a cinema, if I'm honest. I would just like people to fuck off and let me watch the film in peace. Yeah. And dickheads that have to fucking stand up every two seconds, you know what I mean? Sit the fuck down, watch the film, and then fuck off. Uh-huh. You know? But generally, with food, that's a, that's a general thing. I mean, I don't like hearing people rustling shit and all that crap when I'm trying to spit. When they always wait until a really intense bit of the film mm. to start rustling shit and you want to go up intensely beat them. I, I always make sure my stuff's opened be, as the trailers are happening, mm. so it's not happening during the film. So like, yeah. my streets are open; they're on, they're there in front of me. See, I what I tend to do is I I will set my drinks container <laughs> between my knees, right, and then I will put my bag of sweets or something in the drinks container, mm-hmm. open it all out, mm-hmm. and then I don't have to rustle anything. See, my brother, I'll tell you that, that those times I've been going over the crazy at the wee table. Before, when we when it, the main cinema I used to go to would be the Empire Cinema, the one in Claybank. It was the maybe it was the closest one to us. Uh, but my brother and I had this kind of thing where we kind of he'd always get the upper hand it because he was older. But we'd kind of sit in a position where he'd be at at the end of like this row of seats where we'd be sitting in. So yeah. basically, he would take advantage. He would take the one in between us for his drink, just so he could use the one at the other side for his sweeties. Yeah. So I'm stuck with one. Got rest from my drink. I need to sit in my sweeties on my lap, whereas he's got fucking two each. You have all the you have all the spaces, man. I know. That's just it's not fair. That's kind of dickhead thing that older siblings do. Unfortunately, I did that. 
said kind of thing. You don't, they don't say that specifically, but things like that, things of that ilk. If I was a lot more clever, I'd know how to turn this back into uh, us discussing impact. We're half an hour in. Okay, well, let me ask you. That cinema you went to, uh-huh. did it make an impact on you? Oh, for fuck's sake, you're grasping at straws there. Cheesy, but it works. Uh, vaguely, we're talking about it, so let's get into impact wrestling, shall we? I may have to put a disclaimer, skip to like 30 minutes, and we're exactly half an hour into the... Half an hour and 54 seconds. Half an hour into the thing, and we're finally talking about impact. So, let's get on to it, shall we? We have a lot to talk about. Okay. Uh, I think the best place to kind of start is with uh, Homecoming, the Impact uh, Plus special that happened quite soon after uh, after Slammiversary. Yeah. It just snuck up on me when I didn't realise how quickly it came about. Yeah, it was quite, like, it was very much like, like that, you know? Yeah, and like, storyline-wise, the only thing really carrying over was the W. Morris Eddie Edwards rally, because he had that on the show uh, you had an X-Division title match kind of on the undercard. Yeah. But other than that, the majority of the rest of the card was the Homecoming Tournament, which didn't need to factor into other storylines going up. Didn't have to, no. So I think they really get away with that. I mean, everything else was carrying forward ahead to the next month the emergence. Do you, do you know, see, in regards to the Homecoming Tournament, mm-hmm. I have to admit they've been just a little underwhelmed by it, and I don't know if that was purely because I knew who was going to win it. So did I, because I read about it, but there you no, go, I mean, like, I, the point. Even before I read about it, I knew who was going to win it. Yeah? Why, yeah. Did, you, why did you think you knew? Well, it was just the whole thing, and like, I assume it's not spoilers by this point. I mean, it was, that happened on the July 3rd, the 31st, yeah. that went down, so we're, we're in September, so. If you don't know by now, then so are you, you know what I mean? Well, you, I'm probably, I think you could tell, we're probably a bit homecoming in the Origins because somewhere in the subtitle of this episode, so I think you should know better than to yeah. be tuning into this podcast but, if you haven't seen it. I mean, we'd had all the vignettes of the, the artist, <laughs> and Diona Perazzo was riding high. I mean, she'd just become a Triple A champ as well at that point. Mm-hmm. So, and granted, Decay were riding really high too and shit, but yeah. other than Decay mm-hmm. and them, and the Outside shout of Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green, but come on, they uh, weren't going to win nothing. Well, I think when when Chelsea debuted at Slamversity and then they announced the tournament, to me it felt set up for them to win, and then Dion announced herself for the tournament. Yeah. And then that that threw kind of a major. But I actually thought Dion and her partner were going to face Matt and Chelsea in the, the finals. See, that's the thing, though, mm-hmm. because Impact are really good at not doing what is expected. Mm hmm. That ended up being the semi-final match. Yeah. So, yeah, like we should mention, the Drama King, Matthew Rewell, formerly Aiden English. Yeah, the Drama King. Uh, oh, thank uh, you for that, by the way. I could never remember his bloody former WWE name. Yeah. Aiden English. All I could ever remember, like, see whatever I was trying to remember his name, mm-hmm. all I could hear in my head was, Rusev Day. I was like, oh, that won't help. His name isn't Rusev Day. Yeah. I mean, I watched the thing he was on and he was like, he gave a lot of detail about his time and he's you know, very well spoken and everything. And he was, he didn't really make Berry the company, but he talked about the way he experienced things. He said about how he had to sing about the, the Bulgarian national anthem and sing where he first declared Rusev Day and that became a thing. Yeah. So said, yeah, I was told with like, at the weekend to to learn the Bulgarian national anthem and then do it live on TV on the <laughs> Tuesday. Jeez. 
So, yeah, but when you think about it, they, and they've really carried on them being a team afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and when you think about it, they are quite suited together oh, gimmick-wise. they are, yeah, because he's, he's up his cell and she's very up her cell. Yeah, I mean... And not they're, lot, both, they're both have the talent to back it up, though. Not a lot of people know what a virtuoso is, but it's, it's very much... The way she portrays it very much suits how he portrays the Drama King character. Yeah. And there's one argument to be made, you know, also the reason Matt and Chelsea were together because everybody knows their relationship in real life. Yeah. And also, I know you've got John really partnering Steve Macklin on the roster now. Oh, Steve Macklin, her uh-huh. real life partner. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, ha ha ha! I know something about Impact that Brian doesn't know. But then, ha ha ha! But then, obviously, you, but you couldn't have done that as a team because that really wouldn't have made sense from a character perspective. Yeah, because Macklin is very much not in tying with mm-hmm. the virtuoso. Yeah. Oh. And so he's very much a loner and everything. Whether he's been carrying on. And, and kicking the piss out of Peter Williams, which has yeah. been fantastic to see. Just, just, just kicking the piss out of everybody, like he beat the shit out of that job because the job turned his back to him <laughs> and he just killed him for it. <laughs> but I, I mean, I really don't really, I really don't like Peter Williams, so it's nice to see him getting a doing. <laughs> that's, that's your progress then. He's a pain in the arse with you Canadian, it always just, he's just Canadian, what else has he got? I'm going to run out I'll run through what the tournament was like back wise who went through what bit and then we can talk about the parts we want to talk about we don't have to talk about like every single match yeah yeah so we opened with the reveal of Dionne's partner being the, the drama, drama king. king and uh, by the way this tournament the last few months of Impact have really shown how good a crowd can be because like especially through oh, hell homecoming yeah. especially they were really loud. Decay I put my notes Decay were the ones in the final Rosemary and Crazy D taking on uh, Dionne and Raywalt but like they were the most over team in the the in tournament. tournament. So, yeah. so yeah, if they wanted a babyface team to win at the end, then fair enough. I, I could see them win. But I think, oh, yeah, yeah. I think the reason I was surprised at the main event, but then but the fact that the the heels won and then Eddie won in the main event, he's been the face. I guess that made sense. Yeah. But uh, so it was Diona and Matthew Real. They defeated the weird team of uh, Hernandez and Alicia Edwards. Uh, then <laughs> yeah, Chelsea Green and Matt Cardona defeated Petey Williams and Jordan Grace doing their best like Scott Steiner cosplay being Thick Mama Pump and Little Petey Pump. Yeah. And there's another reason why I like to see him getting beaten every time. <laughs> you had uh, Decay defeating Defeating the something. Uh, I think it was Fala and... Was it Fala and Tasha? Fala and Tasha. Uh, yeah, fun. my mind went blank <laughs> for a second there. Fala and Tasha. I know, I know Fala was least involved. And you had, you had uh, Brian Myers and his mystery partner, who Sam Beale said he'd find from taking on Dreamer and Rachel Elling, which they lo- who they lost to. It revealed yeah. to be Missy Hyatt, because Brian Myers is a big fan of ECW. But then they put both point out, if you know anything about Missy Hyatt, you'd know she's a manager, not a wrestler. <laughs> so she refuses to tag in. You know the fans are chatting, we want Missy. Mm. She tags in and immediately tags back out and fucks off. <laughs> and something I didn't think about, obviously Tommy Drew has been doing the whole tribute to Road Warrior Animal with the, the makeup and everything. Yeah. And then we, so he was doing the animal, so she did the hawk. Originally I thought, oh well that makes sense, he's been doing that animal species hope. And then it, it fucking took me along and I thought to realise Rachel Elling is Paul Ellering's daughter, the manager of the road wires. So of course they would do this. Yeah. It took me longer than it should have to figure that out. It, it, I was like it, halfway through their match when I realised it. 
Well, you sit there going, that really is a bit stupid not to know that. It was one of those light bulb moments. Yeah. <laughs> so then uh, they lost to Decay in the semis, and then Matthew Rewell and Jonna beat beat Mark Cardone and Chelsea in the final. Which we were got the win for them in the first two matches, and then Deanna gets it in the final. Which we were, I would have thought the obvious finish to Deanna to then be. You mean they lost Decay in the final? No, they beat Decay in the final. That's what I mean, they beat Decay in the final. But like she got the win for the team, whereas he got the fall. But I would have thought the obvious finish to the match with Chelsea and Matt would have been because Chelsea's got the cast on her arm Mm. for for Dionne Catcher and the the Diaz de Milo. I thought that would have been... But that was not the case. But I love that Decay's got this new thing, the fans chant, bite their face off. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Which is like you say, I'm really loving the fan interaction mm-hmm. with like with, with Hall's product at the minute, you know. Because yeah. like like you say, the moment or two ago, mm-hmm. fans help and make the product. And you can tell who or last year has gotten over and resonated with the fans, and the fans get back depending on who they react to. Because clearly, Decay, yeah, everybody's happy to see Decay back together and everything, and also the fan reaction. But would have been interesting if you'd have gotten Black Taurus and Havoc as another team in the group, but. Uh, also, Black Taurus had a match with Josh Alexander on the same night, mm. which was, I remember I seen that on paper. I was like, oof, that was an interesting match. I want to see what that's yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think that was a pretty good match myself. I don't remember much of it because when we get to it, his emergence match is a lot more fresher in my head. Mm. And oof, I want to talk about that when we get to it. But <laughs> I liked the match with Black Taurus. I thought, how's it going to work Work with him delivering the double and direct pile driver with those horns? Is he going to land with the horns going into the, the canvas? Yeah. These are the logistics you have to think about when you're wrestling a bull. <laughs> Putting too much thought into that, Scott. I am, yeah. Too much thought. I am, yeah. But it's interesting because, like, Josh Alexander's fought likes of, like, ELP and TJP and, you know, Chris Bay and people like that. People who are, like, high flyers. And then his last few tail defences have now been against, like, big guys. So it shows the kind of diversity of matches you can kind of have with the X Division Championship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But more on Josh Alexander in a minute because he easily, for me, not just an impact but in all of wrestling. <laughs> he is in a way. I, I completely agree with you on that. I think Josh Alexander is, like, on a pure wrestling standpoint, not just character standpoint, mm-hmm. but on a pure wrestling standpoint, Josh Alexander is fucking phenomenal. I think easily, like, I'm going to do some stuff for Rogue Pains, like the website, like, article wise, I'm going to do, like, some of my favorite matches and MVPs of the year. I was going to do a separate WWE and XT list to, like, outside of wrestling kind of things, so, like, AW Impact, New Japan. Because I like, I like to watch a little bit of everything. Uh, sometimes it gets to be a bit much. I've, I know we're going to briefly, I'm going to briefly mention Deonna and Power, but I didn't even get a chance to watch any of Empower. I've heard it was good, though. Nah, I never watched it. Yeah, I've heard it was good, though, but yeah. there's too much wrestling going at the minute. But I think overall in wrestling, Right now for 2021, George Alexander has been one of my favourite guys. He's an MVP for me of Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and to think, we thought, like, how's George Alexander going to cope as a singles guy now that Ethan Page is going? Now Ethan Page is in another nothing tag team over in AEW. Well, well not another tag team, he's in another tag team. This one's doing significantly less than when he's in a tag team with Alexander. Yeah. So let's, Alexander, let's be honest, Josh was carrying his dead weight ass. So like, like he had that match against himself at... Article whereas George Sizemore's on the pre show, then starting the very next impact plus special, he's in that triple threat revolver, stealing the show by rebellion. He's the X Division champion, he's been carrying it ever yeah. since. He is a future impact champion. Oh, I have no doubt. I, I fully would like to see, like, I've seen, and I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but mm-hmm. I don't mind. I've seen a little interaction between him and Christian. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that too, because you got to think he has respect for Christian as well, both being Canadian as well. So, I'm interested to see what happens there. But in terms of uh, homecoming, I don't, I'm interested to see where this goes, uh, where Matthew Brewer goes when he goes on his own, like, singles kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, uh, fair enough, you know, it's another accolade for Diona. She's won the, what's called as the, the Reina de Reinas, which, yeah, which translates, I think, the Queen of Queens. Yeah, she's champion. holding that title at that. Judas held. Oh yeah, Ty Valkyrie held it for ages. Bloody Judas. <laughs> and then she beat uh, Melina in power and apparently Chelsea Green won a gauntlet uh, in power as well so she's now got a feature shot at the NWA women's title so there's been actually some strong in- impact reputation outside of them because uh, you got that Max Brewer has been appearing in a uh, both in commentary and in a wrestling capacity on New Japan's US show Strong. Cool. And uh, you know how that, they, they mentioned that show, Amer- uh, the Resurgence. Resurgence, Remember yeah. Jay White was on promoting that and Chris recruited Chris Bay into Bullet Club as part of it when he was yeah. doing the Finges. Uh, which, by the way, according to Dealer Brown, for a wee while, the Finesse Club t-shirt that he got was a top-selling shirt on Impact, shopimpact.com for a wee while. So good. Well done to Chris Bay for that, because Bullet Club have been known to be big merch sellers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Bay... Josh Alexander. Oof. Impact Impact may not be the biggest player in the game right now, but we definitely have some of the biggest players. I think when Josh Alexander, I think he's going to do what the X-Men is going to do from what the IC Tell used to do, where he loses it, but it's not going to be a big loss. It's going to be probably a, a stepping done, stone. A done, it's something that will quickly set him up to be in a world title program. And I think there's two people candidates I have to, I think, should beat him for it. Oh, did Or win it. I think maybe Chris Bay or... Hear me out on this one. I'm hearing you out. Steve Macklin. I think Macklin, Macklin. Is, a, is the heel ex-division champion just run. Get me, get me, because like with Peter Williams showing he can carry some, not just in like squash matches, but within proper matches, because uh, he was mostly part of a tag team in NXT, so you're getting to probably see what he can, the full range of what he can do. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't Macklin one of the Forgotten Sons? Hey, him, him, Wesley Blake and Jackson Raker, and Raker got into trouble for tweeting some stuff against uh, Black Lives Matter and yet he's the one out of the three that still has a job yeah. how that works yeah. I don't know <laughs> how the fuck does that work bizarre hey, it's, it's, do you know why it works WWE oh speaking of people getting themselves into bother everything uh Tommy Dreamer's got himself into some bother yeah not for anything he's done though just because he went and said something yeah he well, on Dark Side of the Ring, for those who don't know, uh, they came out about the... Uh, the plane ride from hell. Yeah, and oh, some stories have been told, you know, about Ric Flair flashy selling, swinging his, his knob around to flight attendants, but one flight attendant said on the documentary that he kind of cornered her, and basically, rather than flashing, he tried to get grab her hand and get her to touch it. Yeah, well, I heard he... I'd, I'd already made her mm-hmm. actually touch yeah, it. Yeah, and she was, and she, like was in a confined space on the plane. She yes. couldn't get away from... So he cornered a poor woman and made her touch his thing. And Tony Dumer's words were talking about, oh, you know, Flair is just in a style and like Flair does, he goes, I guess some people got a thing. Like, well, I think if a man grabbed, told me to grab his knob in the middle of a confined space, I'd have I'd take some offence to it as well. Well, yeah, yeah. You you would, you would, you wouldn't be none too pleased with that shit. I haven't seen the film. All the clips I've seen is, is that one and uh, that same woman who said that what happened claimed that because the plane was delayed seven hours before it took off which is partly why everyone was so out of it yeah. they went to like three drink cartons great drink carts <laughs> worth of alcohol before the plane even took I off I was about to say three drink cartons no it's like the carts like, like go down the plane with the booze in it did, went, you, did you bad wrestlers go through three Ribenas already <laughs> 
<laughs> no one Ric Flair, he probably wasn't right being in that, that car. No, it was Kyoto. <laughs> so yeah, he's got him selling some baller. Some people are wondering, is he going to even be appearing on him after that? But that's up to them. Dreamer didn't I know. do anything bad. Do you know Dreamer's problem, right? Dreamer is... Dreamer has utmost respect for legend. That is obvious with Dreamer, right? Mm-hmm. Dreamer, I think, has a real problem. You know, like when... You know, like when fanboys or fangirls go to conventions uh-huh. and they see their idols and their idols can do no wrong. Yeah. Well, to, in a sense, even though he's like a 50, is it, what is he now, like 40 plus, 50 plus? He's got to be approaching 50 at this right. point. Well, he's in his late 40s, maybe early 50s, dreamer, right? But even now, mm-hmm. he's still that fanboy uh-huh. to lay guys he looked up. I mean, you look at him, he's his <laughs> LOD thing. And he's all he's always wearing the yellow spots like Dusty and all mm-hmm. that kind of thing, you know? He's the ultimate old man fanboy. He pretty much is, eh? And he has some major blinkers on. He never meant anything negatory. He never meant, like, that poor woman was lying or anything. Yeah, yeah. He's just trying to... Like, he probably, he's probably... In his wee mind, inside his head, there's mm-hmm. probably a little fanboy going, Ric Flair wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Woo! Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> you know? That's all. He's just... He's a victim of his own fan yeah. fandom, you know. So we're not we're trying not to side on one side or the other here with regards to Ric Flair and what what happened here, what what happened on the, the flight. We're just saying, Tommy, maybe be careful what you say about these subjects. Yeah, like think before you speak, Tommy. Yeah, you know, think before you speak. I remember Flair was saying in interviews he was nervous about the plane ride from Hell Talk coming out, and I can see why now because some people thought he was going to go AEW be. We Andrade, because Andrade was like dating Charlotte. But, yeah. Yeah, but I think AEW might stay clear of him after that. But, I don't I don't think uh, Impact will be quite so harsh on Tommy, though. I think they would they would tell him, like, in future, when you're thinking of saying something, mm-hmm. sound it out first. At least, if, I think if they even took him off TV but had him still wearing behind the scenes, that would be because, like, would we really lose anything from not seeing Tommy on TV? Not really. And anymore? how often did we really see Tommy? Anyway? Yeah, we, I mean, we seen him recently against Ace Austin, but you knew he was never going to beat Ace Austin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on. Yeah, but <laughs> no offense to Tommy, but come on. But moving on from homecoming, just the last one, last thing about Eddie Edwards defeated beats W. Morsey in a well, chance of Petey Williams beating Ace Austin. Uh, like the hardcore match between W. Morsey and Eddie Edwards, you know. Do you think it was right for Dom Morrissey to lose this quickly in Tatum because they keep bringing up oh Eddie Edwards is because he's technically still mm. feeding with them so it's not over yet. But. Yeah, I don't agree with Morrissey losing. I would I would have kept his undefeated run going yeah. for a bit longer because I was wondering about that like when we had that you know that brawl we had where we got out to the parking lot mm-hmm. and I was starting to look at that and think well we're starting to make Morrissey look. Kind of weak, mm-hmm. you know. He's like, look, like he's getting a bit of a beating. He's pushing out, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So I always wonder about that because I, I do think at times impact kind of impact need to work better on the on the long game, you know. I think I was talking about resurgence. I didn't get offended the point I made about that, but uh, Jay White did retain his title. He's never title against David Finlay. I should mention who's technically still feuding with uh, Chris Bay on TV and Impact. Uh, Moose did lose, but he had a great match against a guy called Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah. It was a hell of a match. And Ishii is significantly smaller than uh, than Moose, but you know, when you look at a guy like Ishii, you wouldn't tell him that to his face. No. And he beat him with a, a brain buster, which looked even more impressive given the size difference. 
Also, the good brothers are on the show, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Damn good brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, also, there was some impact reputation there, but in terms of, yeah, like this then carried on their, their feud because, you know, Eddie was getting tipped with Moose, who's then got W. Marcy kind of as an ally, and then Tammy Callahan tried to come to easy, but Eddie doesn't trust Callahan. Yeah. But they do now have a, it seems like from the go home, recent episode of Impact, not the goal, the one before it, but where he offered Eddie a bat to help him you know, fend them off. Everything's going to be kind of aligned here, and they're going to have a tag match against Morrissey and Miss Rick Drew Road, which uh, Larry Gallon tweeted out the image of the match graphic yeah. with, the, with a quote from Mike Bell, Marion Grossman. like, cats and dogs living together. Mass <laughs> 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 Cats and dogs. Where would we go? Mass hysteria. <laughs> so, uh, talking about uh, Christian and uh, the world title, which we did a little bit ago. Uh, so, Brian Myers won a, a battle royalty for a world title shot at Emergence, which I remember on paper thinking, huh, Kenny Omega versus Brian Myers, there's an odd match <laughs> on paper. And then you had like, Kenny going to get into it with Josh Alexander, you know, him saying he's the champion that they need. So, Tito, maybe that's going And then... They have a match. There's a match on AEW Rampage. The first ever Rampage opens with Kenny defending the title against Christian Cage, who was maybe his opponent at All Out for the AEW title. He said, yeah, but I thought I just got to work on history with Impact, so I'm going to take the Impact belt from you first. Yeah. And then he did, <laughs> surprisingly, which I kind of wanted him to because if he lost there, because you knew he wasn't going to beat the AEW belt, so if he lost him, lost him for that belt as well, we make Christian look like... A oh, bitch. Shit. Oh, shit, yeah. And so then he beats him in a hell of a finish because, you know, Don Callis tracks the rest. Oh, the Young Bucks yeah. come out, they slide a chair in for Kenny to hit the one-winged angel on. And then Christian reverses it, hits a kill switch onto the chair for the win. And It was so ugly looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the way that chair buckled and the way his head buckled. But uh, well, I should mention, they both matches in that rampage and in the match they eventually had it all out. Kenny didn't actually hit a regular one-winged angel on when he actually beat uh, Christian. Christian had hit the kill switch, but he kind of kicked out. So Christian went for one off the middle rope, and yeah. Kenny carried into a middle rope uh, one-winged angel. angel. So he had to hit a off-the-top rope, and so he thought, oh, we need, don't give him the regular things. You give him off the top, but he's still somebody's world champion, so you know, protect Christian a little bit. I think that was yeah. a move on, on AEW's part. Well, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And that is actually Christian's only loss in AEW, that match to, to Kenny. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and it's good. It's good that AEW were being respectful of Impact mm-hmm. Champ as well, and not making them look overly weak. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting what they're thinking of doing because uh, Christian won the belt uh, a day or so before Triple Mania, where Kay was meant to fight Andrade for the Mega Title. Yeah, uh, and he was meant to lose it, but Tony Khan kind of stepped into like like Kay Evan winning. We'll drop it to him later on because we can't have Kenny losing two of his big belts and so close together. Yeah. So down the line, I think Andrade's meant to win the Triple A belt. At some point, which I think is interesting what they're doing because they're having them lose these two belts to AEW guys, but guys who have history and the various promotion who can then drop them to full time guys. Mm. Which is kind of an interesting way of them to kind of do this whole thing with Kenny because that seems to be Kenny done, but fans seem to be happy that Christian's won it because Christian keeps talking on. He said, I think I owe it to the, the fans of Impact, and he, and he almost keeps talking about how Impact gave him that opportunity when he first came back in 2005. Yeah. So what did you think when you heard the news about Christian Cage becoming Impact World Champion? Oh, I was quite pleased. I mean, I've, ne- I've never, I've never been the hugest Christian <laughs> fan, but I've never not been a fan, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So to have someone who has, you know, 
proper history with Impact and has been an Impact champion mm-hmm. in the past, I'm good with it. Yeah, and I think you it's going to look good because like, you'll see he beat Kenny who didn't think he, well, Christian could beat him, but then Christian did. And also he saw the Impact belt as just another thing for him as the belt collector. Yeah. Whereas Christian, while he's still some another company's guy, he's the guy who has history with that company and still comes to their company. It seems and to defends, show a lot more respect to the belt. And is willing to defend the belt regularly. Yeah. So, which is always good. So, And also Christian, when he lo- eventually loses to somebody... With an impact who's a full time guy, I imagine might be even burn for a time. You mean when he eventually loses to Ace Austin? I don't think he's. Well, I mean, we're going that. I don't think he's going to lose at Victory because you know burn for glory is so close, and you want to maybe do the title change at burn for glory. It could still be Ace Austin. They could do a screwy finish which carries it over. David, I'd think Ace or Josh Alexander. I want one of those two. It would be the next. Alright, I'll accept that. Yeah, one I'll of those two. Accept that, but I mean, the most technically gifted mm-hmm. Impact champion versus the most. Awesome, youngest Impact champion. I think he's still got time. He's like 24 years old, coming out on 25, maybe, is he? Yeah, like that. I think he's a little younger than that. I think, no, I think he's around 24. I think he said so before. And no, I, I, should I think he looks just great. I don't know who the youngest Impact champion currently is, but I don't know who. It's me. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't, so he's still got time to kind of become the youngest champ. I don't know if she'll get it here. I mean, you could be anybody else listening here. You can let me know at school, tell me how wrong I am if by the time it comes out, Ace Austin is already the champion. Okay, when it when he is the champion, I'll be, I'll message and go. I was right. It's not that I don't want him to be the champion. I just don't think he will this time. Do you want to be wrong? Though? It's weird how they keep booking people. You want to be champion right before a big because like they had Moose finally get his title shot, but it was right before they did the big unification thing, and then they had this happen, but right yeah. before Brown for Glory. It would feel weird because like it's like when Eddie Edwards got that title shot against Eric Young when you knew they were leading to. Eric Young v Rich Swan at Burnford Glory. You knew there was no way Eddie was going to win the title. Yeah. Okay, I think. I'm looking forward to Victory Road anyway, but we still might had to get Christian come back to Impact. He, the days a, a few days after him went on Rampage, they did the next taping, which took them through uh, the go home for Emergence, Emergence, the next few weeks of TV. And then they did, a few days ago, they did three nights of taping for us. So when they've taped Victory Road, this upcoming knockouts thing they've announced, and all the TV leading up to Bear for Glory. Yeah. Where it's going to be on October 23rd at Samstown Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Samstown, quite famously, is also the state name of the second Killers album because the Killers are from Vegas. Oh. Uh, and also the next two nights they're doing tapings in Vegas as well, which... Will be cool. Nice to see them outside of the of Skyway Studios and everything. Yeah. Because we're going to see outside the Impact Zone, but they'll technically call anywhere the Impact Zone, but, you know, Skyway Studios specifically... Anywhere the impact is, is the impact is zone. the impact zone, mm-hmm. and anywhere the impact zone is, it's just great. See, <laughs> what's interesting with Christian is when he was there before, he had two reigns as the NWA champion, and just as he lost it for the second time, they then vacated their belt and then came in with the the TNA official TNA championship. Yeah. But he never got to hold the TNA championship, so winning the two belts off of of Kenny means he's the only man to be the NWA version of the champion, the TNA champion and Impact World Champion. And then he comes out and he officially retires the, the TNA Championship, which I think it was inevitable because it was nice when Moose had it, but eventually it was going to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still I'm, cool. Though. I'm still sad they got rid of the white strap, to be honest with you. Yeah, I love the white strap. And it looks really awesome on mm-hmm. Moose. And then you had Dale's again, had the match with Brian Myers, where you think he had a predictable outcome. But you know, it was interesting because it went from Kenny v. Brian Myers to then 
one half of the former Edgehead versus Edge's best pal. Yeah. <laughs> you really break it down. Hey, but, hey, hey, hey. Edge is... What was he kayfabe as? His brother or his cousin? Well, he used to be his brother and then... I think it was brother all through the original one. Christian led and then came back to kind of acknowledge, yeah, they're no brothers. Yeah, they're just friends. They're just friends. I think JR used to reference some like brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, we're like brothers. <laughs> they're so close. <laughs> was, that, was that a little cringy there? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but what did you think of, of uh, Christian v. Brian Myers? Um... I'll be honest, it's been a while since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Just with Brian Myers. Uh, I'm at a loss, to be honest with you. I, I know it was good. Mm-hmm. You know, I just don't, I don't think I can say very much on it at the moment. Yeah, I think it was what you kind of thought, thought it would be, you know. Yeah. I mean, you had Sam Beale getting involved. There was a couple of near falls. I think the outcome was better. Well, you had them both hitting the spear at one point as well. Yeah, I remember that part. Yeah. You know, I mean, I remember Sam Beale getting involved in the double spears. Yeah. But, I mean... It was a pretty standard, like, mm-hmm. Brian Myers hasn't really done a lot to impress me. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's good, but, you know, it's like, why, you know, why have New Iron Brew when you can just have nothing? <laughs> you know? It's a weird way of putting it, but all right. I was trying to think, do you know I'd be more interested to see what path of Sam Beale will take? <laughs> really? And Brian Myers. Brian Myers bores me. Right enough. You know, but uh, Brian, funnily enough, well, Brian loves him. Yeah. Brian really likes it, Brian Myers, and I'm like. Is it because they share a name? No, nah, he just really likes the cuddle guy, and every time I see Brian Myers, I'm always thinking, why, what? <laughs> Is that. I don't know if that's bad, if that's just me, but. I'm, I think it's just a different opinion, really. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing against him. I don't think yeah. he's shit in ring or nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just. Character-wise, I always think, why what? I know, I know. You know, he's a great wrestler. It was always a weird choice. Whether it was Omega or Christian, it was still a weird choice for him to be the guy yeah. to be in the main event of you, Emergence. You get what I'm saying, though. I get, I get what you're you saying. You get what I'm saying. Like, nothing against his in-ring ability mm-hmm. or, you know, like, anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I just, I see him and I don't... <sighs> he's like a job on with a name. <laughs> you know, he's just... He's that interesting to me, mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't have a lot of interest in Brian Myers. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that he's got Sam Beal, mm-hmm. Sam Beal's more interesting because he's kind of dumb, <laughs> you know. He's got his wee notepad like he came and, out. Yeah, he came out emergence where he thinks that like Myers equals world champ. Or yeah, something like that. and when, when Myers got in those two other guys, Aye. and he came out, he went, "Stick with me, and pretty soon I'll show you how to cut a shirt." <laughs> You know, well, like, I, can't, I can't remember the thing, but one of the guys he's brought in is called uh, what you was called Outlandish Sicky Dice. I remember when he was in yeah. the NWA for a wee while, where his whole thing was he has a big pink fanny pack and yells the word outlandish a lot. Yeah, but I just I love Sam Beal because everything he says something he just sounds so dumb, <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, Sam. You're like, you're like, oh, <laughs> you your fuzzy head and your cut shirt. I look forward to seeing who eventually, Christian eventually drops the belt to because. I think, weirdly, one of his biggest strengths and one of his biggest weaknesses in his career for Christian has been he's just a bit too good at putting people over and making other people look good. So much so that's held him back from being elevated himself. It'll be Sam Beale. <laughs> Sam Beale. Sam Beale. Christian Cage. Yeah. There you go, you heard it here first. <laughs> 
it'll be like fanny pack guy. <laughs> no, I'm taking the piss now, but mm-hmm. I really that's something I'd love to see an impact. I'd love to see him elevate Sam Beal a little more because if see he has the one thing his so called uh you know is is his so called sensei has not. Mm-hmm. Character. Yeah. Interest, you know what I mean? Okay. And it's it's a shame because Brian Myers he has he has a good couple of mm-hmm. It has some good elements, mm-hmm. but for me, just not enough. I do like the idea of him having a pro with the whole best professional wrestler thing, and also given he does actually run his own wrestling school. Yeah. Called uh, Create a Pro. Is yeah. that Brian Myers' yeah. wrestling school? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a couple of people from AEW a- now in there. Yeah. Yeah, that MJF was a, one of his students. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of people in that. So, yeah. yeah. See, I've watched his him and Matt Cardona's, you know, wrestling thing a couple mm-hmm. of times. See if it was a bit more like Latin <laughs> ring. Yeah. That'd be fun. See, I remember the series called uh, the Figure Wrestling version where they kind of did this fancy booking thing. Yeah. And they kind of mocked it up where they had separate shows using WCW, WWF and ECW guys. <laughs> and you have his show where you would be like, here's the thing, it was a match. It was a very standard show. Sometimes the match will happen out of nowhere like an ECW used to be because that's what he likes. Whereas Myers is very, Cardone's very certain, and that's happened, and so-and-so runs in, and he's very <laughs> Rousseau-esque, but in a good way. Yeah. And they got very different shows. That was always, I was not like, I like, I sometimes like the craziness of Cardone's shows, but I kind of prefer overall the, the show that Myers has got. Yeah. Cardona was very childish sometimes, where every time, he, <laughs> every time he won a week, he like, you know, there's no real losers here. Whereas he'd always say there's somebody was against him whenever he lost them. <laughs> Which I imagine would be like if you, me and you, you'd be like Cardona, wouldn't you? Like, oh, no. Conspiracy, I I should have won last week. Yeah, yeah. But you see, I'd never have to use that as a conspiracy because I wouldn't lose. Because <laughs> I'm awesome. You'll see about that. <laughs> Come ahead. So Bring then, it on. So as we said, he's now got Ace Austin next uh, for the, uh, the title, which should be pretty cool. It's Greg Engage, you know, and Austin won that. Very cool. Fatal four way uh, against Moose Callahan and Chris Saban. Yeah. And I like the finish of it because you had Moose kind of had Austin where he wanted on me with Sammy Callahan trying to get involved. He hit him with a, a Moose with a chair, but it was a bit too slow to get back in the ring and which allowed East Austin to roll him up. Which I think was a very East Austin way of doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think well, their styles, I think they were going to work together really well, uh, those two. Going back to the women's division very briefly, you mentioned Donna Prazo, no, again, being another MVP, I think, of the year mm. in wrestling in general, not just Impact, but, you know, because she's won the AAA belt now, she's defending the bit, uh, women's belt at Empower, and she's winning the, not the uh, homecoming tournament, I don't know why it went in my head. Uh, I think just with the second win, she's on track to maybe become one of the longest reigning knockout champions of all time. Yeah. I, legit, I legit can't see who who could take around if they didn't do that quick switch here for a month with Sue Young she would have easily already have broken it I think by now yeah if it was just the one continuous reign but maybe Rachel Ellering will beat her <laughs> maybe I don't know so maybe, it'll, maybe it'll be Chelsea Green I don't know used... oh god no <laughs> I don't like her can I just say about what I do like about Impact recently they've been doing quite a lot of mixed tag matches like especially with even outside the homegoing thing but I like that they actually did a thing where the woman can actually interact with the guys. Oh, yeah. And not like yeah. a regular match. Because I think that slows down the pace where the woman tags out, then you need to slow down with the two men coming or vice versa. Because you actually got some cool spots. Oh, that. 
And he even got a really funny one at Emerging where he had an eight-person tag with Dickie versus Falabad, No No Way, Natasha and her new big uh, partner, whose name Savannah Evans there is. So on. And uh, they all, all of Dickie started biting Fala and the fans started chatting, tastes like Ba. And, <laughs> and Dale Brown sounded like legitimately thrown off by like, what the hell does Ba taste like? Tastes like bombs. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, can we talk about that in terms of the winter division? Because that's I think the other main thing, other than what Diana's been up to. Tastes like bombs. <laughs> Cheap lamb. <laughs> anyway, so Kira Hogan decided to you know end her relationship with Impact. She decided to go elsewhere. She didn't like, like I think it was on good terms that they left it, but so they still had, got beaten. But I liked how they did it because they had. Tasha losing the, the the homecoming tournament to uh, uh, with battle on ban the first round and then they said in a backstage promo I think Kieran uh, said I think Tasha learns what a good tag team partner is all about and she goes yeah I did know I did learn what a good part tag team partner is all about but then they lost the match and basically then that Savannah he was like yeah I've got a good tag team partner but no you but mm. <laughs> this bad Kieran Hogan then she comes in and it looks like oh maybe they're gonna get a wee mini feed out of this to beat Kieran Hogan she'll be off on her way no. Uh, so young, young and Kimberly, Kimberly basically came out and pretty much murdered her. Yeah. Dragged her off, kicking and screaming, and Kira Hogan was never seen an impact again. Yeah. And then we went and kidnapped that little thing. <laughs> and there was three of them. Didn't you see that when some little young wrestler came out and we kidnapped her and there was three of them? I did not see that, no. I may have missed that part. Ah, we did that. Ah. Because now, 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 now Sue Young is creating a faction of her own. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But then that's Savannah Evans and uh, and Tasha Steels are now going to feed with Decay, which is weird. So you'll, well, at least you've got a, something actually going on the time, but still very... Odd. Well, I was going to say very thin in terms of the division and the, the teams that they've got. you got Havoc and Rosemary, you got this new team, you got Rachel Ellering and... Uh, well, Rachel Ellering and uh, Jordan Grace. And now you've got this new team, the Influence, they're called... Uh, Madison Rain and Tennille Dashwood. Yeah. yeah. It's still very thin. I think that's going to, the well's going to run, run dry very quickly. Sure Madison Rain always looks like she's like smelling a bad smell. <laughs> she's going to the, the Joey Tribbiani school of the smell of fart acting. No, she's like. <laughs> no. I don't like that she has to come out to Jay Tennille's music because she used to have a really co- good theme song back in the day yeah. when she was a, a wrestler. Yeah, and she was wearing a tutu. Yeah. Tiara. Ah. Uh, tutu is a ballerina thing, you know. No, nah, she wore a fucking tutu thing at all last time she was in the ring. Well, coming out, you know. Okay. Anyway. She did. Move, move, we'll move on from that. So, you know, I'm interested to see what happens with Savannah because I don't know who the fuck she is. She's big. Other than that, and yeah. muscular and vicious looking. That's enough for me. Yeah. She is... She is the same way as I see Jordan Grace, you mm-hmm. know, legit do not fuck with her. Uh, I don't think you've got, you've not even got to see her interact with Jordan Grace, so that'll be cool when that happens. Yeah. And they only give, them that person died, they only give us a little bit of Harvey Havoc as well, so, which I think they may be saving for when they have the event show. Yeah. I think they had a match on BTI, but I'll be honest with you, I don't watch BTI. All I know now is that Dasha and Savannah have done that really, I think it was really out. Done. I think it's overplayed this trope of the heel hasn't won the belt yet but he steals, they steal the belts because they think they're the rightful champs anyway Yeah, I hate, I hate that because whenever you, the heel steals the belt you know eventually that it's going to pay off where the face beats them and takes the belt back even yeah. though it was there to begin with 
Yeah. I think it's. I think you really should stop Over doing that. silly and a little annoying. Yeah, pretty much. Now, uh, I'll go, go through a couple of minor things before we get to that I really want to talk about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, also, you've got Morrissey in that and Moose in that tie match we mentioned already. Wouldn't mind seeing Moose and Morrissey as a tie team in a short-term thing because I think they could be two really big like monsters. Moosery. <laughs> Moosery. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sure if you spend more than 10 things, you'll come up with a better name than that. No, that is the best name. Mystery. <laughs> uh, you got this thing with VBD where Rhino once again got pinned by the Good Brothers Emergence. and He has been reborn yet again. Uh-huh. And seems to be on, the, on thin ice with VBD. I'm wondering if this is setting up the, the eventual return of Heath to try and bring Rhino back to the side of Good and, and fight against uh, VBD. No. I'm, I'm, it's just a theory. I'm just putting it I out don't, there. I don't like that theory, though. I know. Well, I'm just thinking of I, where this could go. I know that was a childish little no. I'm just trying to think of how you can play this off in, in the storyline here because like, it was VVD that took out Heath pre-Rhino joining them and then... We, we bring back Heath <laughs> and then to prove his loyalty to VBD, Rhino annihilates Heath, thus making VBD stronger. And then Heath goes away. <laughs> And find some other ginger losers to help him fight VBD. Yeah, okay. fair enough. I'm just saying. I'm throwing it there. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure out where this is going to go. No, you're probably right. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, the only other team that's really feuding with the, uh, the Good Brothers is uh, Swan and Willie, who beat them in a non-tail match. So then got put, the Willie got put through a table, and then Swan then, like, came in. Had that bunker match. Bunk house match. Bunk house match. I've got to say. I really think that Rich Swan should keep the attire he wore in that bunkhouse match. It makes him look better. I, I was surprised they didn't announce anything between those two teams for Victory Road. I mean, sometimes with Impact Plus Special, they announce something at the last minute and like, oh, well, you didn't expect this match to be here. Here's a wee bonus match for you. But yeah. do you think they're going to keep this to Baron for going and maybe have Wally and Swan beat the Good Brothers for them? Maybe. I, think I, st- nice. I still think Swan should keep that look. That's a I'm good. Sure. He's like channeling Booker T in the Dudleys. He's like Booker T Dudley. <laughs> Booker T Dudley. Uh, all Booker it. D. D for Dudley. Booker D Dudley. <laughs> no, but he is, he's, like, he's like like the camel shorts, the vest. It's a lot better look from him. He needs to change that funky Stevie Wonder music to something better. I think it'd be good because, like, I mean, two Ben for Glory's in a row, Swan gets a big moment, and also, if anything, gives Willie a big moment on pay per view alongside and like winning the tag titles. That'd be cool. Remember, remember the start of the year we were so determined, like, oh, eventually Willie's going to turn on Rich Swan, and now they're both <sighs> now they're both seem set on winning the tag titles. Yeah. Which I think they were teasing them beating the North the tag titles in the start of 2020, but then Rich got that injury in the first place. I think so. It was right before Hartica, which means they had to change yeah. it to the North versus Willie in a handicap match. Yeah. I think that was just it, and plus Willie got that brief run with the X Division title as a sort of, sorry you never got the tag title run. I remember I'd never, I'd only seen some highlights of uh, the match with him and Ace Dawson, and I remember they did one of those best 2020 episodes impact at the end of last year, and they pretty much showed it in full, yeah. and I remember watching it and I thought, and I remember not realising how awesome that match was between him and Ace oh, Dawson, really it really was cool. Did you notice as well, like he came out wearing weird contact lenses and all Willie, he had like weird intensely purple contacts on. Maybe I'll bring them back for, for them to show he's, he's serious. Yeah, that's his serious contacts. Aye. They're purple. <laughs> or maybe it's just purple because Ace Austin likes purple, I don't know. 
Maybe. I'm sure there's some reason behind it. And there's a lot of tag feuds, because one last thing I mentioned before I get to the bit I, I said I really wanted to talk about was uh, uh, Chris Bay continues this thing with Finjus where he beat Finlay by cheating, and then somebody took out uh, Juice, which they were convinced it was it was Chris Bay that done it, and then he tried to cheat again, but Juice comes in and stops him, so then Finlay gets the win. And then out comes big massive Hikaleo from the Bullet Club to battle them. Yeah. And now there's a tag match at uh, Victory Road. That'll be cool. What, did you, what are your thoughts on seeing Hikaleo? He was cool. Mm-hmm. He was big. He was nasty looking. He is the youngest son of Haku. I knew that. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can tell. <laughs> He's the younger brother of the Grills of Destiny, despite the fact he towers over them. Yeah. Who are also in Bullet Club six time, I believe. Tag Team Champions in New Japan and Girls of Destiny. Damn. Mm-hmm. No, but he is a, he is a big horse, man. Mm-hmm. He, mm-hmm. He's like one of the lesser experience. Like he was on an excursion in New Japan, but then they brought him back early because of the pandemic. So he's been on their US show as like the big heater for the group. And now he's here to watch uh, Chris Bay's back, which is pretty cool. I thought, though, like when, when uh, uh, fucking D-Lo and mm-hmm. Matt were talking, I kept thinking they were saying his name was Piccolo. <laughs> Piccolo. <laughs> I can't remember if it was Dio's fault or Striker's fault, but I his name Piccolo. <laughs> no, Piccolo. Then that's what I thought it was Piccolo. I thought it was Piccolo. Uh, also, also by the way, in the US show and at least recent tapes, they're doing shows in front of fans, and uh, I think Chris P is going to be on one or two of them. But El Fantasma and his tag partner Taiji Shimori are going to be on them for New Japan. But some hoping they're in the US. It means a return to Impact, hopefully at some point for. Fantasma. And maybe bring Ishimori with them. They started a new thing. They got this t-shirt <laughs> where they got themselves Bullet Club's cutest tag team. <laughs> they got a t- like blue t-shirt with cartoon depictions of them with that on them. But the thing is, they've made two t-shirts and it's the ones they wear and they won't put them on sale for anybody because mm. they're bastards. <laughs> also, the whole thing where I said you with Fantasma on his loaded boot, yeah. the thing where one of the wrestlers Taguchi grabbed the belt, the boot off him to try and reveal that there's something he took something out and it was a bit of paper. He rolled it up and it apparently said, fuck you Taguchi. <laughs> which is something I want to do and we keep going every time my opponent takes the boot keeps trying to take the boot off to prove it's loaded it's just a different note saying fuck you to whoever is wrestling yeah that'd be a good running scene <laughs> so yeah, I'd like to see them back at some point but the thing I want to talk about more than anything else in regards to impact I've said it towards the end Josh Alexander is awesome we already said it but <laughs> we did him versus Jake something I think it would be good two big bastards batting each other but but you did not realise just how good it was going to I be. I didn't realise that this is already this would already become one of my candidates for match of the year. Did was it like was it? Can I ask? Right? Was it like you thought Jake something wouldn't be up to a high quality match? Is that what no. your opinion was, or was it just that you'd? What was your reasoning for? Did you have a reason for uh, being no. surprised? Well, no. I think it was because. Like, I like Josh Alexander. I think Alexander can have a good match with anybody. Anytime somebody says, oh, so-and-so may end of it, who do you want to see them face? I always say, Josh Alexander. Yeah. Anybody who. So I knew it was going to be good. But I just didn't realise they'd be able to do some of the things that they, they did do. Right. Like right. Uh, like we Alexander trying to do that thing where he runs out his bunt who's sitting on the apron behind him. And he and and Jason just grabs him into this fireman's carry position and just carries him, just slams him yeah. on the outside. Some of the near falls out, like some of the spots on the outside... <laughs> Everything and then I thought like, the question I wanted to know is can Josh Alexander get him up for the double underhook pile driver and he did yeah but then also you got you got to see a wee technical side of Jake something you know trying to take down Josh Alexander trying to take his leg out who then Josh Alexander did it 
because you know George Alexander would do it to try and sell the envelope, which he did. Mm. There was just so much going on in this match, <laughs> and it all just hit. And I like those kind of matches. Yeah, one of those matches where every single little fucking spot clicks, mm-hmm. and everything. It's one of those matches where everything just like mm-hmm. everything runs. Yeah, and both guys were on their fucking high game that day. And, and it's not that I didn't think Jason uh, was capable of getting matches. It's just because. Because he's such a big guy. Well, well no, like uh, it's what I wouldn't. This thing is the big, most high-profile uh, singles feud he's, he's been since, since he split. Yeah, because he had the match with Diener uh No Surrender, which is pretty much what he thought it would be. He got yeah. the win and everything. Then the tables match him, but since then he's kind of just been Fought there. Along. So, but I honestly think, from what I've seen of him, this is the best Jake something match I've seen. Yeah, well, so I far. think I think the impact are slowly surely realizing that they have underutilized mm-hmm. that man. Mm-hmm. He's a very underutilized guy in the, on the roster. Mm-hmm. I think because I've always like just. Jake Something's general presence, you know mm. what I mean? Like, see when you hear his music kick and you see this big dude come walking out and he has, it just, you know? Yeah. The minute he steps onto that ring apron and it lifts up the big ass hands, you're like, that's the guy, man. You, you know how the fans, they did chant at the Crazy Day during the match, like, they say, chant, this is awesome or that was awesome. Yeah. I like that whenever Jake Something does a cool move, they chant, that was something. <laughs> I like that. I mean, when wrestlers have their own specialty chants that the fans come up with in it. You know the money. Yeah. But you think about it, right? You said a great heel X Division champion yeah. would be Macklin. Mm-hmm. What if he eventually dropped that to something? I think that would be pretty cool. You know? Because mm-hmm. if some if there was somebody that could definitely kick Macklin's ass, mm-hmm. it's Jake something. Yeah. You know, and a big, like, even if Jake something was in an Ultimate X match, mm-hmm. you know, like Jake something, Macklin... Who else could you see in that? I mean, how many is usually in it? Like six? Usually, four. I think they need at least three or four right. as, a min- so as a minimum. You could... if, if it got to that, right, and Macklin did beat Alexander for the X Division title and yeah. only had an Ultimate X at the next pound for glory or something, yeah. and the two main components were Macklin and something, mm-hmm. who would be your other, who would be the other four that you would put in it? Oof. Uh, Who's in it so far? Macklin and something. Macklin and something. Uh, Bay, let's put in there. Alright. See, I want to, see the, I want to put in, if he's going to stick around, one of the newer guys they've they've shown, he's always newer to impact, uh, Lat Laredo Kids. Yeah. He's pretty, he looks pretty cool. Uh, just as a kind of, as a, oh, sorry, man. Just as a kind of uh, wild card yeah. pick, if he's still hanging around, what would Jai White? Jay White. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Jay White. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or somebody, one of the guys finches. Like, that's the thing with X-Men, you can't, specific by certain people, like, you could easily say he was awesome, but he was awesome, moves around the card so freely. He, he, could, really be, he could be anywhere on the yeah. card at any time. I can be anywhere, but nowhere. <laughs> okay. Well, the funny thing about, when I say about Lido Kid, when he came out, he's had a match on BTI and then on Impact recently, and he has that Cruiserweight title from AAA. The funny story about that, he, he he fought J, uh, he fought Leo Rush on MLW because he was the MLW middleweight champion, which is their problem for cruiserweight belt. Yeah, they had a title for a match, which Leo Rush won, and then Leo Rush got an injury and he thought he was going to have to retire, but he's then been cleared, so he's come back to New Japan to fulfill some dates. But then he's considering once he's filled the dates if he's going to stay retired officially oh. or just come back full time. But, he's, but we're unsure about him. But the thing was, when he when they originally thought he had to retire, so he had to vacate both the belts they had. So 
Triple A basically did a thing where they figured not all their their fans in Mexico would watch the stuff in the US. So basically, they basically put the middleweight the they put the cruiserweight belt back on the Laredo Kid, but have not acknowledged the title change to Leo Rush. So they just pretended that Laredo Kid's been the champion this whole time. Oh. From what I've been told, from what I've heard, that's what happened. It's a strange thing to do. Yeah, one of the, in terms of Triple A's, I'm assuming that this is going to be one of those phantom title reigns, like when Backlund went to Japan and lost to Antonio Inoki, but it's not recognised. Yeah, but no, on on your original point, that match between Sumter and Alexander was yeah. phenomenal, and I I highly fucking rate both of the guys. And uh, like, it's not, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying that I thought Sumter was going to be carried by Alexander, but I thought he's put on good matches, but I'm not sure what he's. He's fully capable of. So I thought, you oh, mean Jake Sumter? Aye, but I think, yeah. oh, this will be even uh, better than what he's done before because he's going to be Alexander who's on fire right now. Yeah. And I think Alexander did kind of help Jake something and we get to that next level a little bit. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. with the fan response, I think Impact are going to take note of that and maybe keep Jake, continue to push Jake something potentially in this scene. Yeah, keep elevating. Because he's been in next division matches before, like even the the Breaks Cup before. Mm-hmm. So I think there is a chance, like you said, that Jake something will be an next division champion at some Eventually. point. Eventually, because there are certain guys who aren't just like high flyers, but are bigger guys like him who can't all be world champions. Sometimes now that he's not in the Deers, might not be a find somebody rightly fit into the tag division. So that's where the X division championship can come into play. Mm. But then Alexander kept on going. And put an open challenge to any former X Division champion. Yeah. And who came back but the man in black? Jake Christ. Jake Christ. And <clears throat> I did not, that's the last thing I expected. There were some loud welcome back chants at the start. But as the match went on, he was clearly heel, and the fans were very much behind Alexander. He's another guy who's clearly gotten over since becoming X Division champion. It was nice to see Jake Christ back, though. Mm-hmm. It was, it was really nice. After, after. Yeah. Everything, man. Yeah. The better Chris brother, both as a wrestler and as from, a human being. From what we've heard, as a human being. Yes. But it was a, but it was a solid match, I think, and uh, I know it did what it needed to help further make. And a nice wee reintroduction of Jake Chris to the yeah. fans, whether he's going to hang around or. Yeah, I've not, I've not read anything online about if this was a one off or not, but yeah. we'll have to wait and see. We will have to investigate that information further. But now Josh Alexander has another match. He said, I want to be declared, be considered the greatest exhibition champion of all time. And then it comes to him like, yeah, but you're, t- you're still a one-time champ. I'm an eight-time champion. And I love that like, Josh Alexander reminded him that means you're an eight-time loser too. <laughs> which is, which I love because well, technically he gave, I hear t- some fucking... T- technically he gave up the title one time because one of them was part of the option C where he handed it in to become a world champion. Yeah, that still makes him a seven-time loser. And I'm just, I'm just saying. I just, I love that Alexander brought that up because yeah. every time some bell end always goes, "Oh, I've been an umpteen million time champion." That means you've lost it umpteen million times, do you, dick? <laughs> yeah. Do you know how many times Josh Alexander's been a champ once because he still don't lost the thing? Mm-hmm. So suck it, eight time <laughs> loser. But and you're the boring machine gun. And the yeah, mostly nah, you're the boring one. So that's going to be happening at Victory Road. I don't see uh, soon when, but I think the whole point is, is oh, he's challenging. He's now moved on to former X Division champions mm. to then establish himself. Uh, and plus, again, like you said, he's not only an eight-time champion, which I still think is the most reigns for anybody, uh, uh, of anybody in the X Division. But he's also handed it in and became a world champion, even though that world title reign amounted to fuck all. Yeah. But he's still, he's still been a world champion, so it's going to be another notch for Alexander to 
because Alexander's not losing to him. No way. I definitely think Alexander, if he's going to lose the belt, he should be in an option C kind of thing. Or he's still like to win champion when he wins world, the world title. Has, like it, has both of them. And then also after a while, the strain of defending both belts gets to him. That's when he loses it. Because, mm. you know, it's going to be a big deal eventually. It's got to the point he's been so dominant, it's going to be a big deal when he does lose the belt. Oh, I'd say so. Mm-hmm. So, again, consistently on these reviews, it always seems to be when I, when we get to the exhibition, that's the bit I like talking about <laughs> most. And a lot of it has to do with Josh Alexander. As we, we wind down, she mentioned a couple of interesting bits of news. Uh, a lot of people have credit said in the past that Impact were kind of ahead of WWE in terms of, you know, how they treated like women wrestlers. Oh hell yes. And now obviously with the relationship with NWA and they've done Empower, now they've Impact have started moving back they've bringing back knockouts knockdown, which they did once or twice. They did in twenty thirteen, which was the first appearance of a young and slightly less ex- less experienced Diana Perrazzo, mm-hmm. who who would who would when she came the impact met, like last time I was here for knockouts not done I didn't know what I was doing but now I'm a more well-rounded wrestler and everything so she admitted herself she wasn't quite ready to be on like a big stage on like that big stage yeah so then it's that October 9th uh, Gail Kim announced that she announced Christy Hemi's going to come by and be part of it uh, uh, Melissa Santos who's been a ring announcer for places like Lucha Underground and various other places is going to be the ring announcer Mickey alongside v- Mickey James alongside Vida Scott are going to be the commentary team and also it's going to be an all knockout thing so it's really close to Burn for Glory, but then again, it can, again, if it's all knockouts, then it's not impacting all the storylines. The main storyline may involve impact in terms of what's happening with Burn for Glory. It's going to be the knockouts, the two knockouts built, yeah. the tie singles. But even then, if, like, I imagine you're going to have a knockouts title match on Burn for Glory, you might not have room for the tag titles. So I think it'd be interesting if you don't have room for Burn for Glory, give them a featured spot on Knockouts Knockdown. That would be cool. I think that would be fantastic for Knockouts Knockdown. Yeah, it'd be quite interesting to see what happens there and who they get because I've often, I think we said before, they need a few more women in the division. Oh, yeah. So, also, they maybe they'll bring in some people from the NWA or other companies. Maybe. Because uh, also, they crowned a first ever NWA women's tag champs at Empower. I think Alison Kay, who was formerly CN, who's a former Impact Knockouts champion, was mm. one of them. So, bring them in. Oh, have a champion v champion, they knock it, decay v them. There's all sorts of things you can do, so it's nice to see Impact branching out and using the Impact Plus specials is to try new concepts. Like they did this, they did Homecoming as a concept, they did Hardcore Justice, which was basically, well, let's have some daft hardcore matches or your yeah. Genesis, let's do uh let's do the let's bring back the Super X Cup. So, you know, there you get a lot of quality wrestling in the Impact Plus specials, but they don't get in the way of the, the week to week storytelling no. in between your quarterly pay per views, which is Really good how Impact are able to do that because usually monthly shows, uh, like we see in WWE, they just book month to month for Impact. Mm. As a way, they don't feature everybody on these shows, but they don't have to. And we and talking about Benford Glory, by the way, uh, some there's rumours of some talent potentially uh, who's not given their non compete clause, and if they do sign as the rumour to, they could show up as soon as Benford Glory, mm. particularly two and two names being. One Buddy Murphy, now Buddy Matthews, and Braun Strowman talking and talks to be signing with Impact Wrestling. That's awesome and all. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested about the guy that Impact have apparently aggressively been trying to sign. Mm-hmm. And if I hear one male, and I'm I'm going to say it, so excuse me if you're offended, but if I hear one more AEW bitch. <laughs> Going on and on about, oh, it'll be so fantastic when it comes to AEW. Oh, he could wrestle so many great AEW guys. Ha 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 ha. Fuck yous all. 
That's what apparently what it sounds like. He's going to freaking impact. Maybe. God damn it. We don't know. Because not, not everyone wants to go to AEW. I mean, you might. And not, every, and not everybody should. No, not everybody wants to fucking go and fucking, you know, blow Tony Khan. You know what I mean? Everyone has other options. You know what I mean? It's not just fucking. It is not the 90s. It is not just WWE and fucking WCW. Where is other places out there? There's, like, there's Impact. There's Ring of Honor. There's AAA. There's fucking. Japan. There's Japan. There's yeah. plenty of fuck. There's even fucking here for fuck's sake. Hell, even talking about the X Division, I go, whoever's the X Division champion, can you imagine X Division champ at the end of the night, if it's Joyce Island or anybody at the end of Brentford Glory, they're match holding the belt up. Out comes Buddy, Buddy, Buddy Matthews coming in and saying, He's, yeah. he's a shot. <laughs> well, no, he's a shot. God, he's a shot. Like, Scott DeMore specifically joked on an interview, oh yeah, we're really getting, really get, starting to get prepared for Braun for Glory. Or a joke, uh, only saying about, because apparently his first match has been announced, Braun Strowman's, ACV's been around these free the narrow kind of pay-per-views every so often, and I don't know when the next one is, but apparently Braun's maybe on that, he might be taking EC3 on it, but he's uh, going to be wrestling on it. But, well, it'll be interesting to see what he does outside of... Does he go by his real name, Adam Shearer, I believe he's, his real Adam name? Adam Shearer, mm-hmm. I think it is. Yeah. So, I'm interested to see what he does outside. He was teasing that he might change his name to Titan or something like that. Oh. Cool. But, like, I remember Progress, back in the day, Progress Wrestling, had a thing called the Atlas Belt, where usually... Because, like, like, WWE had the... Cruiserweight usually are somewhere around the 205 range. Yeah. Uh. that 205 and under. They brought a 205 and up title, because the Atlas Belt was for big guys. At this point, I think Empire are going to have to bring in a bit like that because if they get Braun, they're going to have him, Moose, W. Morrissey, Doring. Sultan. Yeah, George Alexander to an extent. Black Taurus kind of is very cruiserweight-like, but he's a big guy. So- Savannah Evans. <laughs> yeah. So she She's impressive to me, that woman, because she is like... The one thing that I love about Empire Wrestling is that they've got the kind of women wrestlers that I fucking like. Big... Fucking powerful chicks, man. You know, you've got Jordan Grace. Mm-hmm. Fucking three powerlifting records, man. That chick's power. You've got Savannah Evans. You've got Havoc. You've got Rosemary as a big chick. You've got fucking Sue Young as a decent-sized chick. You know what I mean? A lot of the women that w- work with an impact are big chicks that would kick the shit out of you. Oh, yeah. And we're not including Eddie Edwards' woman in that one. <laughs> oh, no, she's... Okay, tell you, I mean... She's she's with uh, she's the thing they use to pick her teeth. Yeah, you know. But then you've got you've got many talented women wrestlers in WWE and AEW, but nothing like that. I believe I believe Alicia Edwards probably weighs about as much as one of Braun Strowman's legs. <laughs> Braun Strowman, most of these big wrestlers that you've mentioned, both male and female, probably lift she more weighs, than more she than weighs as much as one of Braun Strowman's toes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they lift all these wrestlers lift more than Alicia Edwards weighs. Yeah. I mean, that's Braun Strowman. He goes, oh, well, it was Edwards. <laughs> she weighs the same as my big toe. There you go. So I don't know what happened, but I think if he was to keep doing the thing he was doing, to be able to like, pre-tape stuff and cinematic style wrestling, Impact's been doing that kind of thing for years. So yeah. I haven't been doing that. Although it's interesting how you do cinematic style wrestling nowadays with fans coming back. Cause I think that was used as a way to keep... Deal with the lack of. Yeah. Whereas how you do it with... People, I don't know. Impact will find a way. They might all probably find a way. They were doing the Undead Realm and things with like Sue Young long before cinematic matches were happening. Yeah. So, you never know. 
I'm amazed how, how quickly we were able to kind of get through all the main points and not have to hang on stuff we didn't have enough to talk about. Oh, hell yeah. Well, but that's because, unlike talking about the dub, mm-hmm. or talking about AEW, which bores me a little anyway, a lot of the time. We haven't really done that, except for... In, in conjunction with Impact. Yeah, yeah. But every time we talk about Impact, I'm excited mm-hmm. by Impact. Because even if there's one section... Mm-hmm. There's a little doll. There's two sections that are fucking phenomenal. I think we only know of five matches at the time recording. I'll say it'll have happened by the time you hear this. So yeah. Uh, so we know of Ace v Christian Cage, Sabin versus Alexander, uh, Missin Morrissey versus uh, Callahan and Edwards, uh-huh. Savannah Evans and Tasha Steeles. Pardon me. Uh, versus uh, Decay. Yeah. And uh, Hikaleo and Chris Babe taking on Finjus. I'm, I'm sure they'll add some, to that one. I'm sure they'll add some other stuff in there. I think we'll, next time we'll be, we hear this, we'll probably be shortly before Brown for Glory. We'll talk about Victory Road, Knockouts, Knockdown, and make some predictions for Brown for Glory. I'm interested to see what's going to happen here because two days before uh, Brown for Glory is the end of the G1 Climax in New Japan, and I need to be watching the G1, partly because I like New Japan, but also because I do a New Japan show yeah. over at ESSR, so I need to keep up with that. So I'm not going to have a lot of time for watching WWE in general because I'm going to be have to focus on Impact and New Japan. The which thing, The thing is, though, Scott, do you really need it? Not really, no. <laughs> my main like, forms of wrestling have become, not just because of the podcast, but just in general because I like them, have been I watch Impact and New Japan more than I do anything in WWE or even AEW. Yeah, you're watching WWE and you go, oh look, the same shit is happening just in a different package. I mean, I'm looking forward to next week in AEW, they're doing a thing called Dynamite Grand Slam in a big stadium in New York called Arthur Ashe Stadium. you got Punk Wrestling, you got that, Brian Dyson v. Kenny Omega in a non-title thing, mm. Sting's wrestling a match, Team with Darby against FTR. Like, dimensions I've gone on there, but I don't always have time for it, but... Uh, I'm glad we make time to talk about Impact I've enjoyed this despite that half hour we took to talk about movies and shit dude that's what we do that's what we do that is what we do and if we hope you people enjoyed what we do and you keep listening and you feel like what we do here and you haven't seen our past episodes start rambling about Impact then you'll check out our past episodes of Making Your Impact and you'll know for sure how many episodes exactly we've done <laughs> more than we know of it, which is uh, unprofessionalist but fuck it uh, and we hope that you'll consider subscribing and give us a like or rating on your platform choice preferably five stars I mean come on yeah nothing less nothing less if, and if and when we ever get those t-shirts up and running mm-hmm. hell we might hold a competition for one yeah hopefully we're all ways from there but you know every one day I don't think we're all way from there we'll have one that's almost as spectacular as that fantastic Joker shirt you've got on man well thank you I, but- I I, I am I am willing to praise a good t-shirt when I see one and that is a damn good t-shirt thank you but and so obviously on any Android podcasting platform you prefer to your podcast whether it be Anchor Spotify iTunes you can find uh, our feed or you can find this uh, as part of the Rogue Opinions feed starting from a few weeks ago yeah uh, where you can listen to me also talking about some other stuff like I sometimes talk about AEW with some other people or talk about uh, old episodes of Smackdown or even I talk about non-wrestling things at all. I have a show called Podding Ain't Easy, where we talk about stuff to do with Star Wars and Marvel and all that, that sorts of shit. And among the also podcasts on here about football and all sorts of other pop culture nonsense on Rogue Pain. So yeah. if you're interested in that kind of thing, check some of that out. And follow 
Uh, us on Twitter at FPL and follow Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinions and me at Scott McLeod 1986 as well as liking our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash rambling podcast and if, if if you're angry at the world for any particular reason you should listen to some of our podcasts for my opinions on the world because <laughs> I have a lot of them he does he has you might say some rogue opinions about the world Oh, that was very clever. And very, very clever. clever. And with that, I think we should end it there. Try and finish on a high before we ruin it. Thank you for but listening. We, but we have no drugs. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for listening to show. Uh, Hope you all of you enjoyed Victory Road if you haven't watched it already. We'll see you shortly before Burn for Glory. Should be a great time. See ya. <laughs>